0: Well, listen, tonight we are in the final part of our teaching series called No Offense. And during this series, we have been talking about what it means to live a life with no offense, especially within a culture that is extremely angry and very easily offended. Last week, we looked at the idea that you're not as right as you think you are. And Jesus doesn't call us to be right He calls us to be loving. So tonight, as we close out our series, we're going to be talking about what I think is probably the most difficult of these topics, and that's the topic of forgiveness and how we can choose to forgive even when it seems impossible, how we can make the choice to forgive even when it feels like it's not possible. Now, I don't know about you, but forgiveness is not always easy for me. To forgive someone that has wronged me, that has hurt me, is actually very challenging. And if I'm going to be completely honest with you, if someone offends me or if someone hurts my feelings, my natural reaction is to begin to push that person away. My natural reaction is to begin to to cut that person out of my life. And I know that sounds harsh. I know that sounds unloving, but I want to protect myself. I don't want to put myself in a vulnerable, vulnerable position so that I could possibly get hurt again. And maybe the same is it's true for you. When someone hurts you, when someone does something that, that wounds you, your natural reaction is, is to distance yourself. You don't want to have anything to do with that person anymore. Or maybe some of you have the natural reaction of, of holding a grudge. That whenever you think or you see of that person that's hurt you, that's offended in you, your internal temperature starts to rise. You feel bitter. You feel resentful. You feel angry towards them. And then there's some of you in this room that, that when you are hurt, when someone offends you, your natural reaction is to get even. You want them to pay for what they did to you. But listen, regardless of where you kind of fall on this spectrum, forgiveness is not our natural response. I think that's safe to say for every person in this room. It's not something that that comes easy to us. But tonight, we're going to look at what Jesus has to say about forgiveness. And my hope is that each one of us will be challenged by what he says. That you will begin to, to rethink the importance of forgiveness in your life. If you have your Bible or the Bible app, I want you to open up to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18 is where our story picks up tonight. And in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21, it says this, then Peter came to Jesus and he asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Now, we don't know what exactly prompted Peter to ask Jesus this this question. We don't have a whole lot of context as to what was going on at the time. But for whatever reason, Peter wants to know how many times he needs to forgive someone. And Jewish tradition, Jewish custom at the time, said that you needed to forgive a person three times if they wronged you. You needed to forgive somebody three separate times if they committed an offense against you. And on the fourth offense, if someone wronged you a fourth time, forgiveness no longer needed to to be offered. It no longer needed to be extended. And so Peter, he comes to Jesus and he says, hey, listen, it's seven times enough. Jewish law says I'm supposed to, to do it three times after the fourth time, I'm no longer supposed to forgive. So, surely seven times should be plenty. If someone wrongs me seven separate times, I should not have to continue to forgive them at this point. But look at what Jesus says in, in verse 22 Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. You see, Jesus isn't trying to put an actual number on forgiveness. He's not increasing the, the limit on how many times a person should be forgiven. In fact, he's saying the complete opposite. He's saying that our forgiveness should be unlimited. That no matter how many times a person offends us, no matter how many times a person wrongs us, we are to continue to extend forgiveness being very fair. If someone is continuing to, to hurt me, do they really deserve? my forgiveness? Shouldn't my forgiveness run out at some point? And listen, I'm sure that the disciples were thinking the the same exact thing. They're probably listening to Jesus saying this, thinking like, this is is ridiculous. Surely this, this guy is kidding. And then Jesus responds to them, and he tells them this parable in verse 23. Therefore, The kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had, all of his possessions, be sold to repay the debt. You see, Jesus would often use parables or, or stories to illustrate important spiritual truths. And in this story, Jesus introduces us to a king who had been generous enough to loan out money to his servants. And one of these servants in particular had racked up a massive amount of debt. He had racked up a massive amount of debt. The Bible tells us that it was 10,000 bags of gold. Today, that would be equivalent to over 20 million dollars. We're not talking about pennies. This was a ton of money that this servant owed the king. And rightfully so that the king, he wants his money. He wants it to be paid back. And so he demands that the servant pay it all back. He demands that the servant make payment for this debt. But listen, like all of us sitting in this room, none of us have $20 million sitting around. And certainly the servant did not have $20 million just laying around to to pay the king back. And so what does the king do? He demands that the man and his family be sold. If they couldn't pay back the money that they owed, there was going to be some pretty severe consequences. They would be sold to, to the highest bidder so that the king could recoup some of his money. That was the only way possible for for this servant to pay off his debt. You see, this servant, he found himself in this impossible, no-win situation. Verse 26. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged, and I will pay back everything. I want you to to put yourself in in the servant's shoes for a minute. I just want you to imagine that you have have racked up this massive amount of debt, a debt that that you could never repay. And all of a sudden, you are faced with the reality that you and your family are going to be sold into slavery. You can imagine how you would be reacting at this time. You would be pleading and begging for whoever it was that you owed to, to, to give you just a little bit more time to give you just another opportunity to to make the payment. And that's what the the servant starts to do with the king. He starts to beg him. He's saying, listen, just give me a little bit more time. He makes him a promise. He says, listen, I will pay all of this money back. But the reality is he's never going to be able to. It's just too much money. Look at how the king responds in verse 27. The servant's master took pity on him. He canceled the debt, and he let him go. You see, the the king took pity on this servant, and he showed him mercy. But notice, he doesn't just give him a little bit longer to, to pay the money back. He doesn't just reduce the amount that the servant owes him. In fact, he completely cancels the debt. He tells this servant, listen, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. He forgives $20 million worth of debt. You see, in in this story, the king is is a representation of God. And the servant represents us. And each one of us has racked up a massive amount of debt towards God because of our sin. A debt that, that we will never be able to repay. And the consequence for, for our debt is eternal separation from God. The Bible even tells us that the wages of our sin, the wages of our debt, it's death. But that's exactly why God sent his son Jesus to pay off our debt for us. He went to the cross and took on the consequences that we deserved. And now but by, by trusting in him, we can be forgiven and be made right with God. And just like the servant had his debt canceled, we can also have our debt canceled. And listen, that's, that's amazing news for each one of us sitting right here in this room. But it's not where the story ends. I want you to look in, in verse 28. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and he began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me, he demanded. His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me, and I will pay it back. You see, this servant is forgiven this incredible amount of money. And what is the first thing that he does after having his debt canceled? He goes out and he finds a man who owes him a couple hundred silver coins. Translated in our currency today, it's about 20 bucks. It's pennies to what this servant had owed the king. And and he goes out and he seeks out this man and he goes to find him and he begins to choke him. He grabs him and he's like, listen, you need to pay me back my money. This is my money. You need to, to make payment to me. And this man falls to the ground and begs for mercy. Does this sound familiar? This is exactly what the servant had just done with the king. In verse 30, but he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay back the debt. Rather than showing mercy and and forgiving his debt, the servant had this man thrown into prison. Literally over 20 bucks. And, And here's the crazy thing. This was the first thing he did just moments after he had had a massive debt canceled. It was the first thing that he did. In verse 31, when the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged. And they went and they told their master, the king, everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in. You wicked servant, he said. I canceled all of that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he could pay back all that he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or your sisters from your heart. What's the point of this story that that Jesus tells The point of this parable is that forgiveness is not just something that that we receive. Forgiveness is also something that we extend to others. You see, God didn't simply just forgive us from our sins and and stop there. He expects us to forgive others for their sins and their offenses that they commit against us. You see, students, here's the big idea for tonight. We have been forgiven in order to forgive. We have been forgiven in order to forgive. So for the next few minutes, as we wrap up tonight, I, wanted to, I want us to just look at a few takeaways that, that have to do with this idea. The idea that, that we've been forgiven in order to forgive. And my hope is that these will be helpful for you, especially if you're in here tonight and forgiveness seems like it's impossible. Forgiveness just seems like it's something that that you cannot do right now. The first takeaway is is this. Number one, forgiving does not mean forgetting. Forgiving does not mean forgetting. You know, I think there's a lot of confusion around forgiveness. And if you're like me when you were younger, you probably grew up hearing people say, well, we're supposed to to forgive and, and forget. Some people think that the forgiving means that we forget what the other person has done. Like somehow we're supposed to just block that out from our memory. But listen, this isn't forgiveness at all. Because if someone has really hurt you, if someone has really wounded you, then forgiveness does not mean forgetting you may never be able to forget what that person did. You may never be able to to forget what they said to you. And you see that the king in this story, he did not forget about the servant's debt. It did not just magically disappear. Those millions of dollars, they weren't suddenly gone. The king was still out that money. So, So what did he do? He covered that debt At his own expense. He covered that debt with his personal funds. He said, listen, I will pay it for you. And that's exactly what God did for us. God didn't just forget about our sin. He didn't just look the other way and say, hey, listen, don't worry about it. God covered the cost of our sins himself. He paid our debt personally when he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us. Guys, it cost him something. And forgiving someone does not mean that we forget what they did. Forgiving someone simply means that that we cancel the debt that they owe us. They're no longer on the hook for, for paying us back. They don't need to to make it up to you. They don't need to earn your forgiveness. You have canceled their debt. They are in the clear because you have chosen to cover that cost yourself. The, The second takeaway is this. Forgiveness is possible without the other person. Forgiveness is possible without the other person. You know, I think many of us tend to think that we can't, forgive someone unless they apologize. Like that person needs to admit that they're wrong. They need to admit that they've messed up. They need to come to us and beg for forgiveness. And and once they've done that, once they've met our expectations, then maybe, just maybe, we'll think about forgiving them. But listen, the, the reality is that some people are never going to apologize. Some people are never going to admit that they're wrong. They're never going to ask for your forgiveness, either because they don't care that they've hurt you or because they don't know that they've hurt you. But regardless of what the reason is, that person is not going to be apologizing anytime soon. And you and I have a choice. We can carry around bitterness and resentment towards them, waiting on an apology that that might never come, or we can choose to, to forgive them because forgiveness is possible without the other person. It's a choice that we make independently of what that person has done about it. The third takeaway is this, forgiveness doesn't always restore the relationship Forgiveness doesn't always restore the relationship. You see, I think this one is really important for us to understand. Whether you are the one who has been hurt by someone or you're the one who has hurt someone else, just because you forgive someone or just because someone forgives you doesn't mean the relationship automatically goes back to normal it doesn't mean that the relationship is, is perfectly fine. And son, sadly, sometimes there are those relationships that just can never be, be mended. Those relationships have been permanently damaged. Things have been said, things have been done that have forever impacted that relationship and trust might never be reestablished because the hurt, the damage, it's just too much to overcome. And maybe the reason that that you're unwilling to forgive someone is because you don't want to continue a friendship with them. You don't want to allow them back into your life because you know it's an unhealthy, toxic relationship. And to you, forgiveness means just picking back up right where you left off. But that's not the case. You see, you can forgive someone without continuing a relationship with them. Forgiveness doesn't mean that they automatically become your best friend again. It doesn't mean that you trust them again. It doesn't mean that you don't put boundary, boundary lines in place in that relationship. And it certainly doesn't mean that you have to hang out with them. Forgiveness simply means canceling that debt that they owe you. The, the fourth takeaway, the final takeaway for tonight is, is this. Forgiveness brings healing and freedom. Forgiveness brings healing and freedom. You know, sometimes I think we refuse to to forgive because we think it gives us power. We want to keep holding what that person has done over their head. We want them to, to pay for what they did and we want to feel like we're in control. And we think that if we choose to to forgive them, then we lose all of that power. We lose all of that control. But what we fail to realize is that we are the victim of our own unforgiveness. When we refuse to forgive, when we hold what someone has done over their head, we are no longer in control of the situation. In fact, we have become controlled by our own bitterness and resentment. And bitterness and resentment, they're poison. And when we refuse to forgive someone, we continue to, to drink that poison. We continue to, to make ourselves sick. You might have heard it said like, like this before. Bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Bitterness is like drinking poison, hurting ourselves, thinking, hoping that it's going to affect the other person more than it affects us. And maybe tonight, you're carrying around some serious bitterness and resentment in your heart. You have been extremely unwilling to to forgive someone. And unfortunately, you have become the own victim of your unforgiveness. And just like that servant in the story, you have put yourself in your own personal prison because you've refused to forgive. Forgiveness is not just about the other person. It's not just about canceling the debt that they owe us. Sometimes forgiveness is more about us It's about releasing that that bitterness and resentment that we are holding onto. It's about freeing ourselves from that prison of unforgiveness. And I know some of you in here tonight, you have been seriously hurt by someone else. Maybe you've even been wounded by by a group of people. You've been hurt by, by a family member. Others of you have been hurt by a close friend someone that you trusted. Some of you have even been, been hurt by people that, that you don't know at all. People that you don't have a, a relationship with. And, and what they did has, has wounded you. It's stuck with you. And you're finding it really hard to forgive them. In fact, forgiveness just seems completely impossible. But I want you to, to, to hear me say this you will never experience true healing and freedom until you choose to forgive, until you cancel that debt that they owe you. So with every head bowed and and with every eye closed, no one talking, no one looking around, if, if that's you in here tonight, if you're struggling with with bitterness and and resentment and, and unforgiveness, I want us to just take a minute and to pray for you. If that's you in here tonight, if you feel like you have just had unforgiveness hanging over your head, I want you to just lift up your hand really quickly. No one looking around. my prayer for you is that you will take the next step in forgiving that person for whatever they have done for you, for you regardless of what that looks like some of you need to, to have a conversation with someone some of you need to just come before the Lord tonight and ask God to slowly begin to, to change your heart towards this other person But tonight, whatever that next step looks like, I want to challenge you to take that next step towards forgiveness. To ask God to begin to to soften your heart so that forgiveness, it seems possible. Forgiveness is something that you can ultimately achieve. Father, we love you. And we thank you so much that you did not just leave us in our sin, that you did not just leave us with this massive debt that we owe you. Father, you sent your son specifically to pay that debt, to die on the cross and to take on all of our sin and all of our shame. And he paid that consequence that we owed. And God, because He did that. We are forgiven in order to forgive. Through the Holy Spirit, we have the power living inside of us to forgive people, even when it feels impossible, even when it hurts, even when it feels like we can't. And so Father, I pray for for every student who had their hand raised in here tonight. God, I don't know what's happened. I don't know who's, who's hurt them. But God, I do know that because we have been forgiven, we have the power to forgive. And I pray that you would convict each one of them, that you would challenge each one of them to begin to take that first step towards forgiveness. That they would begin to admit that they have harbored unresentment and bitterness towards this person and they would take that first step in experiencing freedom and healing that only forgiveness can provide. God, we thank you that you loved us so much to forgive us. And now we can forgive others because of that. It's in your name that we pray. Amen.